Winning in life. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall and the L4 Media Network. We're talking US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. Joining me today is privateer hero, Josh Greco. Welcome to the show, dude. Glad to be here. <laughs> hey, I was just telling just telling Josh, I am a Greco fan. If you ask my my friends, I uh I'm always a fan of the uh, privateer heroes and this one in particular. Um Josh seems like my type of guy, very interesting guy. I've definitely got um I've got a lot of mustache envy. Uh there's no way I could uh you know <laughs> If I got a bit of product, I could probably get maybe half as good as that. I could probably twirl half as good as that. But yeah, no, he's definitely, definitely got me well and truly covered, man. Um, you know, he's a, he's an animal lover. He's got a pet raccoon, which I definitely want to talk about. Um, I'm a uh, I'm an animal guy as well, and uh, he's a privateer hero, just just living the dream. He's in his uh, sitting in his um, his van right now. Um, he's in the uh, in the middle of the old uh, California swing of the season, and uh, yeah, so what what we're going to do is talk talk a bit about um, the uh, the present and the past and the future for this dude. So, yeah, man. Firstly, I've got to know about the raccoon, man. Tell me about the raccoon. Yeah, so uh, she's about uh, she'll be four in April. Um, I've had her since a baby. She was a rescue uh, at about a week old. They cut a tree down and. Uh, the parents, I guess, were killed. There was four siblings. They had to split the males and females. So uh, they, she's basically lived indoors since a week old. And I got her at about three months old. Um, and, yeah, uh, in our state, it's a $10 wildlife permit. And um, I was taking her with me for a little while, but it is illegal to cross state lines and certain states like California, they'll euthanize her if I got caught with her. So as soon as kind of people realized I had her and some people uh, posted online that a privateer in the pits had a raccoon, uh-huh. word got out, fans coming up to me every weekend, do you have your raccoon with you? And I, I'm like, no, no, I don't. So uh, now I just, I can't take her anywhere on the road uh, i can't risk it um but uh yeah she's uh mine and my fiance's little baby girl she's a sweetheart uh she's a brat she's wild she's just it's it's hard work it ain't like a dog a cat um i think the only way i'll ever do another one is a male i heard they're better temperament but uh but definitely very hard to take care of yeah it's cool man <laughs> it's awesome so yeah, animals like that. Yeah, we've got to have pretty. We, we, you can have you can have you know native animals and that as pets in Australia, but there's yeah pretty um pretty strict regulations and and that sort of thing on it. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it's cool, man. And honestly, I'm not just saying that because you're on like raccoons are one of my favorite animals. I love yeah. rac- raccoon videos and all that sort of thing. You know, like uh, I reckon I reckon my my favorite animals like dog dogs is my number one. I like yeah, dogs I better. I, I like dogs boy. better than yeah. I like dogs better than people. Work. So yeah. Oh, yeah. same. I same thing. Me yeah. and my fiance, uh, we have our fur babies. We're we're not having kids. Yeah. Um, and I can bring whatever animal I want home, and and that's the greatest thing. So uh, my yeah. dog goes anywhere with me, sitting on the floor right now. But uh, yeah, he he's uh he's my shotgun rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the um. I reckon I always say to my my wife and, and my daughter, like if I let them, 
um, that this house would be overrun by animals. Like, I, they'd kick me out to make room for the animals, I'm sure. So, yeah, like I said, and like I love them too. It's just I'm the one that's got to build cages and do do all the work if they if oh, the animal. Yeah, so that's uh, that's it, man. So you're you're from. I know you're originally from Indiana, or at least that's what the the records say. I'm no? originally from Southern California. I actually live in ah, Indiana now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, no worries. So yeah, you live in Indiana now. Yeah, so that's where that's where uh, that's where the raccoons being babysit while you're out here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So you grew up in the um, you grew up in Southern California then. So where whereabouts? Like, what was your local track as a youngster? Uh, competitive edge, which is no longer open, uh, race town 395. I was, I grew up in the high desert. Um, okay. Yep. So, so everyone knows it as Kiefer's area. Um, yeah, he was there before me, but I know all those sp same spots and everything. Uh, Alessi's live up there. Um, a uh, few big names came from up there. Uh, but I moved up there teenage years, high school era and, uh, middle school, high school. And, uh, yeah, that's basically always been home. I mean, when I was 18, I kind of just traveled racing constantly. But when I would come back, I would uh, find a friend's couch to crash on, and that would be home for whenever I wasn't racing. Yep, yep. Yeah, man. The high desert, it's um, beautiful, man. I, I was lucky enough to. So I I went uh, went to A1, my first trip to America, just a couple of weeks ago it seems socks it seems like so long now but because i'm here and i'm back doing my day job and all that all that fun's over but yeah i spent a day i, I drove out to hesperia and, and did did a bit of it like a the tourist road up around in the high des and all that and had a, had a look while i was up there and um, yeah so well, when you passed uh you probably got off on oak hills road and passed a big high school right by the interstate i remember was, i do remember oak hills road there yeah yeah that the high school I went to, I was uh, the first graduating class there. That was uh, a brand new high school. We were right across the road from Ty Davis's house. So I used to get out early and go watch him practice enduro cross. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, it's, yeah, it is an area that I've always had a fascination for, like as a, as a, a kid in Australia, reading, reading American magazines, you know, um, and seeing pictures of it and that sort of thing. Even the landscape out there is just, it's amazing, man. Like we don't have anything like that here, you know, here, yeah. here, here it's either flat or the mountains are heavily treed. So mm. the, that, that landscape of the mountains rising out of the desert is just amazing to see, you know, it really, um, really, really cool. And, uh, you know, like I, um, and I, you know, I, I was driving around and I, you know, I saw all the, um, all the stereotypical things, you know, <laughs> like I saw dudes on quads, I saw dudes, you know, on two-stroke KDMs wheeling up the road, either on their way out for fun or on their way back. I saw lifted trucks. I saw, and then I, I did this tourist road out to the the big lake. I forget what the big lake's called, but I did that windy tourist road out to the big lake. And um, I either, up, either Big uh, Bear or, uh, uh, oh, I can't think. Were you up in the mountains? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh. It went through sort of through Hesperia and then and then headed okay, back. Arrowhead. Yeah, I think that that sounds that sounds like it. Yeah, and I ended up following this old couple in a in a um, Chevy Nomad, like about a '55 Chevy Nomad through there, which yeah. was just which was just perfect, man. I was, I was like, I couldn't be following something cooler out through these cool roads and all that sort of thing. So that was great. Did, did you happen to make it down to Route 66? 
Uh, I didn't. No, nah, man. No, nah, I was I was only there a, a couple of days before A1 and a couple of days after. So I was just jamming in all these things I wanted to tick off to see, you know. I got yeah. to all the got to all the tracks, um, got to all the big shops, um, and that sort of thing, and um, and yeah, caught up with a heap of mates, and yeah, so I was so you going. Made it yeah. Uh, did you make it to Burt's Mega Mall? No, I didn't make it to Burt's Mega Mall. No. So no. that one's out in Covina. Uh, I worked there for six months actually until I decided I want to go back to riding dirt bikes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's it. Yeah. It's uh. That one's really impressive, honestly. Uh, we didn't end on the best of terms, but the place is still really Im impressive. Uh, it's about the same size as Chaparral, but Chaparral's size of their all their parts and clothing is Bert's size of all their vehicles. So oh, okay. yeah. there are just thousands of motorcycles side by sides jet skis just huge and then they have a little parts center so okay. it's it's impressive yeah yeah now i hadn't even heard of that one honestly but yeah that'll be one to um one to check out for uh next time i get over there because i definitely plan to go again yeah. yeah hey man tell us about so when did when did uh the what was like when did the bug bite when did that motorcycle bug bite did it come from dad or well, what, what uh, I, I honestly, uh, I couldn't even fully tell you. I just know, uh, right about when I was, um, right before I turned four, I guess I saw a dirt bike and wanted one. And we got one that Christmas, which is happens to be a week before I turned four. Uh, started riding um, at about six years old. We were actually already off of 50s riding the KX60. Um, and I want to say we weren't serious at the time because we didn't really know what was going on. We were just racing little local track that uh, guys show up in like cowboy boots and headlights on their bikes and stuff. But uh, a local dealer, um, RPS Motorsports um, in Northern California, they were selling Polini 50s at the time. They're not even in, in business anymore as far as I know with dirt bikes. But uh, he said he wanted me to try a Polini 50 and my parents were like no we're off of 50s uh we don't want to buy one like no and he goes no i don't want you to buy one just here race mine i'll pay his entry just go race it and uh we raced it and then uh within the next week or couple of weeks we got a phone call by factory Polini, and they offered me a full ride uh bikes took me to nationals um that's when we realized I was, at the time, one of the fastest kids in the country. Um, went and won a couple national titles for him. Uh, when the bikes didn't break down, we won. And uh, yeah, from then on, it was just, that was when we got real serious. We picked up uh, Thor for about a year, and then we went to Fox. And I rode for Fox for years. And, and uh, yeah, one thing after another, Fox, FMF, all that kind of just started piling on. And made a name for ourselves at the amateur nationals cool man so polini only made like 50s did they make anything bigger than that or no no they came out with kind of like a 60 uh it wasn't competitive it it, it uh it was an automatic and uh i tested it once or twice and i about killed myself on it and never wanted to touch it again um 
actually when I when I graduated from fifties, they threw me a party, like a going, like a moving on party and, uh, like gave me a unicycle and stuff. Like it was a, a big ordeal. Like they were really good to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. So what did you, so then you're back on what, what brand of bike were you back on to then like for your, your the rest of your juniors, did you have sort of a, a loyal brand that looked after you or anything or you, you mix it up? Um, we went to, we went to KTM for 65s. Um, I mean, at the time, it was by far the most competitive bike. As far as I know, it still is for that 65 range. Um, we rode for KTM about a year or so. And uh, at a local amateur national, I actually got protested in the stock class for running a shock. And at the time, they didn't make a production shock for it. So tech actually passed me and said you're good to go like we brought the shock to him but uh the promoters uh up in northern california didn't really like me much so they uh they dq'd me immediately and it kind of tarnished my name right there uh ktm didn't like the cheating aspect uh so they had to let me go um i stayed on ktms i didn't want to go cowie or anything on the 65s and then uh we bumped up to 85s and we're just riding for local shops and stuff. Didn't really hit any nationals. And I kind of disappeared for a little while in that, in that kind of zone until, uh, until I was right before I turned 16. Um, I was on the 150 R's and then I bumped up to my stepbrother's big bike. My stepdad said, if I hit a hundred pounds, I can race the 250. And, uh, I bumped up to it. I was a little guy, I was four foot nine. And, uh, got on the 250 and a few weeks later was already racing pro nice just moved up nice nice cool um did you so do you have um like many sort of loretta's uh, results or or mini o's or anything never, like that i never race loretta's or mini o's um we grew up in the west coast very uh i want to say very poor i mean we raced dirt bikes so as poor as you could be racing that. I mean, everything, all of our money went into that, but we never had a chance of making it out to Loretta's. I would want run the qualifiers and regionals, the local stuff when we had the fastest kids around and, and uh, would qualify for it, but never went out there and did it. Just couldn't really afford it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now I can understand that for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's, you know, I, I, it's a, um, it's a story for a lot of kids, man. You know, like it is a, um, you know, it, moto's not a it's not a rich man's sport, but it's definitely not a poor man's sport either. You know, it's yeah. it's somewhere in between. You know, it's not. Um, you know, yeah, it's I mean, not... I, I I travel and live in the van just to make it work. Uh, every check each yeah. week's just back into it. So I can't say I make a living doing it, but I make enough to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. You love you oh, oh, you love it, don't you? You love riding. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I. Uh, I had a couple of years that I was kind of mad and in a bad mindset about it and it's not worth it for what we make. And, and, uh, I went and worked a normal job and appreciated racing a lot more. Yeah. I love it, I love it man. You know, I can just, you know, I don't know. I, I could just sort of tell, tell, um, that you just seem like someone that just loves, just loves doing it. You reckon you'll just yeah. do it as long as the body lets you do it. Yeah, as long as uh, I can at least make the night show, make a paycheck, I'll still be out here. I have people every year say, how long are you going to do this? How long are you going to do this? And as long as I can still put her in top 40, I'll be out here. So 
I mean, look at Billy. Uh, he's 40 and he's he just came back and he's ripping. So it gives me hope yeah. for another 10 years. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you um do you find um that you're so you've got a good personality, man. You've got a good personality, good social media presence, all that sort of thing. You're a you're a character, you know. Does that has that um helped you with sponsorship? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love having fun. I love laughing. I I am barely ever serious. Like I you won't catch me having a bad day. And even if I am, I'll take my time and talk to the fans. We're here for the fans. So, uh, um, my sponsors know, obviously they want to see good results, but they know I'm out there talking to everyone, pushing product and truly talking about what I believe is right with what we run sponsor wise. I mean, uh, I always say you can't look at, the fastest guys on what product to run because they're throwing away that product every weekend. I'm the raccoon of the supercross. I'm going into all the <laughs> track and pulling out chains and plastics and putting them on my bike. So, uh, I, uh, I'll run whatever as longer than my sponsors even want me to. I mean, I get bars, I get grips. And, uh, after the mud race, I pulled my grips off, dried them off and slid them back on. I have extras, but I am just making them, get their use out of them before doing new ones and uh i'm sure my sponsors want to see fresh new stuff on the bike but also they know i'm not the type that's like gimme 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 i need 10 of these i i take what i need and uh they appreciate that and then other than that uh we we get the tv time we get the exposure the magazines that and uh i don't know how i get so lucky with all that uh uh the media likes me sometimes so because uh, you're because you're you're friendly and you're a character man you're interesting you know like there's a lot of dudes out there that are you know it's it's sort of mean to say but there's a lot of dudes out there that races they're pretty fucking boring people you know <laughs> like so they're, yeah, my, they're good they're good to watch buddies, but they're not that good to talk to yeah yeah i always tell my buddies i'm like you guys gotta have something to get talked about like if it ain't results do do something that gets you some some attention one way or another like yeah, that's right. That's right, man. And dude, um, so last oh last weekend, man, I fingers crossed. I thought it was gonna happen, man. Tell us a bit about that. Obviously, obviously disappointed for you. You fucking man, so close. Like, oh, what mean, was I'm, going I'm, through your what was going through your I'm mind? I'm bummed about it, but uh, after the moto, we we figured out we got uh, this five hundred dollar bonus check for fifth, and that that brightened my day up completely. I'm like. I'm bummed to miss the main, but I'm like, I'm probably the only rider excited about making 500 extra bucks. That actually makes my season easier. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah uh, I'm good at mud. Um, it's, it's funny because my title sponsor this year, the one that bought my bike, a good family friend too, uh, we always go to dinner and stuff, but uh, he calls me and he goes, he actually calls me last weekend after the mud and he goes, man. I knew you're a good mud rider, but I didn't know you were that good. And it's weird coming from California where it's never mm. muddy and I'm not a tall rider, so I can't even touch flat footed on the ground. So he's like, I don't, I just don't understand him. I'm like, well, I can't touch the ground. So I just go for it. Um, so we'll go back a little bit before this season. Last year I was having some health issues and we couldn't figure it out. We thought it was a heart issue. So this summer I got a lot of tests done, um, heart checked out fine, but, 
they found a little bit of fluid around it, and then uh, I got hiatal hernia in my chest. So it's pushing on, like it's pushing out through my chest and uh, causing me uh, acid reflux. I can't really get my breath out completely. So when I'm racing, I'm sucking in air. And when it's not going out, I'm basically giving myself CO2 poisoning. And it's just like locking me up and draining me. So uh, yeah, we couldn't get it fixed before this season. By the time we figured it out, I, I just couldn't get it fixed. So I told my doctor, I'm like, well, I'm going out south of the border to ride because this is now November. And I hadn't ridden since last May. So this whole last year, I didn't ride since the last Supercross. I tore my PCL in Salt Lake and uh, basically was either on the couch or playing on the Suron. So uh, we had to get on a bike and at least get some laps just to feel smooth. So I went out south of the border and I was there for about a a month, month and a half. Um, I only put five hours on the bike that whole time. Like I, I could do two laps at a time and just cramp up like crazy. So I'm kind of stuck with, yes, I'm out of shape, but I'm also stuck where I can't get into shape. I can't even ride long enough to like do anything and I can't work out or anything or I get sick. So right now we're winging it. Um, This weekend, we're hoping on just a hot lap, a top 18 can get us into the main and I'm good at one fast lap. It's just, uh, I gas out really bad, tighten up, cramp up really bad. So, uh, Mm. yeah, in the mud this last weekend, the heat race, uh, actually I hit false neutral on the start. So I didn't even get to take off off the gate. And then I made a bunch of passes. I was around ninth or 10th, literally before the first lap was up. And I come into one of the corners and my clutch sticks out. So I, it wouldn't pull in and I just rode up the corner and just like, looped out into the corner, laid it down, um, got up, rolled a lap, looked at the board to see where ninth was. And they were like three quarters of a lap ahead of me. So I pulled off, went to wash the bike, get all the weight off, grabbed my fiance real quick, tossed her my goggles and my gloves and said, find me dry gloves in the van and and just clean my goggles. I'm going to go spray off, spray the helmet. We just got to get ready for the LCQ. That's all I'm worried about. And uh, so we get ready for that. I'm lined up on uh, third to the outside, and I actually had someone ask me to set my whole shot device, and I go, no, it's sticking right now. I don't even want to set it because it sticks down. So we take off, and uh, Fierro comes over hard and shot for the inside, which uh, I just checked up and went far left, and I was like 30 feet wide of everyone. And I'm like, they're going to pile in, so... I'm just going to skate the outside and see where we come out. And it, it worked out in my favor. We came out fourth. Um, came up the whoops pretty quick. Uh, kind of got blocked and followed into fourth and was just riding. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm in fourth. I just have to breathe and make it through this moto. Like, I can't make it through an LCQ right now. Um, the dry round, I pulled off in it, into the uh, mechanics area because I can't breathe. So I'm like, well, let's just try to stay calm and breathe. Don't don't force the issue. Don't try to race it. Just try to be careful and save as much energy as we can. And uh, I was a little too careful. Um, I was taking it too easy. Kobush came from the way back and was ripping. He got me. And uh, that was for, I passed into third. And then Sanford picked up. And then when Kobush came through, it was like, I have no energy at that point. 
at that point I noticed they were jumping the finish line and doubling the triple. And at that point I was like, ah, I, I could have done it. I, I should have, it would have saved me a lot of time, but I was like, I could barely hang on. I just wanted to stay up. And honestly, I was praying to see some yellow flags ahead of me. So, yeah. uh, we were riding it in and making sure we didn't go down. And, uh, I mean, it didn't pay off. I didn't get lucky enough, but it was a really good night overall for me. I had, a hundred messages from friends, fans, family, and just like, they were all excited either way. And I can't say I came off mad. I came off and I was pumped. I I mean, yeah, I want to make that main, but knowing where I am health-wise, even coming into the season, I said I won't make a main this year. So I know where I'm at. So if I slip into one, I'm doing better than I expected. Yeah, man. Well, just know that there'll be a bloke jumping on his couch in Australia that he's seven... <laughs> Seven thousand miles away. If you do, right? yeah, yeah I'm, do. I'm I'm going for that top eight team this weekend. I mean, it's yeah. fast guys. It's hard, but if I can get a clean lap, uh, me and Josh Fariz were actually just in the house a little while ago talking how the rhythms we think are gonna break in, and uh, I'm like, man, I'm I'm 31. I'm not your age anymore. He's he's 21, 22, and I'm like, when I was your age, I'd be sending these quads and stuff, and I might have to do that this weekend, and I'm not looking forward to it. So. Just uh, Tuck in behind him and just yeah, well, get, a, he's, get, a, he's, get a hot lap toe. Yeah, he's a group. I got to try to be on top of the board and ah, of course, beat. So, of course, uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't like tucking behind people because they always seem to mess up. I, ah. I I'm pretty good at putting one lap together if no one's in my way. So yeah, that's yeah. uh that's one of the things that I've gotten good at over the uh, 15 years of doing this. Yeah. With your health problem, man, what's the, you know, what, what do they need to do? And when, when are you going to be able to do that to, to fix that up? I'm going to try to do it right after Supercross. I don't know if my insurance will cover it or not, but uh, they basically pull the hernia back in or push it back in and then lay a mesh lining to make sure it don't come back through. So what we're going to do is right after Supercross, go get everything else checked, make sure nothing else is causing it, but uh, pull that in and, then it's a 12 week uh, healing time. I mean, I could probably get on a bike earlier, but I just want to make sure it's right mm. and uh, allow me to breathe a little better. So then we can actually put our head down and try to be in shape for the first year and probably 10 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah, cool, man. That's, um, yeah. I yeah, certainly didn't know that you were struggling with things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing, so, doing doing bloody good to be out there at all by the sounds of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I say I rely on old man strength and knowledge. So uh I I like I said, I'm good at hot laps. It's just when we're out there, once I'm in the night show, I'm kind of just like on cruise control, just stay up, stay healthy, and uh try to spin laps just to kind of get in a little better shape if we can. But uh I'm the type like, yeah, obviously I want to be in a main, but uh once I'm in the night show, I'm happy. I just want to make it through the weekend healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting in the night show, does that generally pay or, or, or it probably doesn't pay your way, but does it go like a uh, some way to pay in your way to get to the next race? I, I profit when I make the night show. Um, so, I mean, everything here for me is uh, basically a financial decision. Uh, I don't go into debt racing. Uh this is actually the first year. My 250 is last year's bike, but uh, last year and this year is the first time I've ever had a motor on my bike. Like, I've always ran stock motors, everything, but uh, this year we had a sponsor pay for them. And uh, 
So I'm not spending a ton of money racing. I'm running stock wheels. I pay 500 bucks for an FMF pipe and everything else is pretty much stock other than my suspension, which my guy gives me a good deal. It's between two and $400 to get done and it lasts me all year. So yeah. uh, after entries and fuel and everything, like I said, I stay in the van. I don't, I don't really spend any extra money on it. Uh, we can profit on the end of the day. It's not enough to make a living, but uh, mm. as long as I'm qualifying, I'm doing well. So uh, like Detroit, when it comes up, I'm not racing Detroit this year. It's 4,500 miles of driving. It would cost me $1,800 in fuel, uh, $250 to sign up, and I would make $1,250 or $1,500 to go. So it's like, it's just not worth it. So I'll skip it. We yeah. were skipping. Seattle too because it's the same thing but uh being on this lights bike and being right on the cusp and I'm like well that might be another mutter so I want to I want every chance I can get it going for that main so I think we're going to do Seattle this year yeah cool cool man and um you're uh you're selling at the moment you're selling I oh, know I shared one of your posts there you're selling t-shirts you're selling t-shirts at the moment to help fund you this season um so it started as fun in the season, but it started out really slow. So we kind of just waited until the season started. Uh, honestly, what it's funding is I'm squeezing through the season right now. Good. Bare, like I'll, I should make it through as long as when we hop 450. I don't consecutively miss night shows. But uh, as long as I'm making the night show, I can I can pay, pay my own way through. And then what we're going to do is that 250 that we're doing a giveaway on uh, – it's one of my old bikes. I raced fair fair races on fairgrounds. Um, we're going to do a giveaway on that. I'm hoping we raise enough money. I need to buy a, uh, either a Husky 450 or a 501. I'm, I'm going to Ironman the Baja 1000 in November this year. I want to solo it. It's always been a goal, and uh, we're only getting older, so it's, it's time to do it while I'm still uh, healthy. And uh, I don't know if a Supercross guy's ever – Iron Man didn't finished. I've tried to look up results and I can't really find them. I know Pastrana tried it and didn't finish, but uh, all the big name top old uh, guys that have done it always did it with teams. So mm. um, I do need to get someone to stat check me on that. And uh, if a Supercross guy has done it and finished, then my next goal is to win it. So we'll nice. see. Nice man, that'll be awesome. Oh, now that you say that, I remember you. I remember you mentioning it, mentioning that on socials there a little while ago. Well, I think when Baha was on, you were talking about you know yeah. that you were um, yeah going to get into that. Now that'll be yeah, uh, that'll be super cool, man. So that'll be sort of your first thing you'll train for after you recover from the surgery, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Uh, as long as I got the 500, basically, I'm putting the keys to my van away and riding the bike to all the tracks all summer. So I just have seat time. Um, yeah, yeah. I might have my fiance meet me at the track with a gas can just so I can just stay out there. Uh, it's not about speed. I'll be running a slow pace, but just riding. I want to ride consecutively eight to 10 hour days on the bike, whether it be highway, trails, track, but just kind of staying on the bike moving and just yeah. not get time really have you done much off-road stuff before uh when i was a teenager i raced a little bit in the desert i did the heron hound national it was a hundred and uh uh what was it 110 miles um that was my first ever desert race they wanted me to sign up beginner i was four foot nine 100 pounds on a 450x 
And the guy was like, he was, he was actually really rude about it. He can you even hold that bike up? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm about to go pro in moto. Like I can ride. And he's like, this isn't moto. You, you have no idea. Well, long story short, I got him talked into let me race intermediate, which did all three loops. And he said the third loop, I would not finish. He kept saying, I won't finish. It'll be, I'll be DQ'd when I'm, when I, uh, DNF and, I'm like, well, I'd rather not finish and know I couldn't than to finish the two loops and wonder about the third. And uh, I came into the third loop and in third place, and the two ahead of me were like teams with quick fills and everything. And I had my mom and my stepdad and her dog and a Gatorade bottle and a normal gas can. Like, that was our pit. Mm. And uh, we came through and third loop started and they had to wait a few hours for me to come back around and my mom sitting waiting at the finish. There was a row of like 200 pros. Have you ever seen on any Sunday? Oh man, like it's oh yeah, so, yeah, man. So like you know I'm a big on any Sunday fan. Yeah, yeah. Takeoff. Yeah, that yep. was the same race, like same thing. So okay, yeah. Those 200 pros took off uh, 20, 25 minutes ahead of me, and then intermediate row took off and. Uh, so my mom sees pros start coming through and she goes, when do, when do intermediates come through? And they're like, uh, you got 15, 20 minutes until the first ones kind of come through. And she sees me across the desert. She points me out and says, that's Josh. I can, I can tell it's his color of gear. It's his riding style. Like that's him from like a mile away. She could see me coming and I come sliding in and the lady goes, oh, you mean that intermediate? We've been following him in the helicopter. <laughs> and I guess exciting enough uh i ended up winning by about 15 minutes the loop they said i wouldn't finish i got into the lead and pulled a big lead i think the leader had uh bike problems but either way you got to finish to win so uh the bike was destroyed my stepdad's bike i had a radiator bent around the petcock shifter under the foot peg like fork tubes were gashed all the oil was out but uh we finished and won and I pull my helmet off and the lady, the score lady goes, how old are you? I looked like I was 12 and uh, I was 15 and, and won the national. And then they talked on their, their off-road message boards about it. Just insane. Who's this 15 year old kid that came out and won? Like I was an instant legend out there. And I went and did a few more like big sixes and a little desert races still in the intermediate class, but I was, winning changing and then cheering second place come through in my normal clothes like mm. and uh i did a few more my 250 i was racing outdoors for was blown up so we we're just waiting on that to get fixed and then uh i got thrown off the 450 going about 60 across the desert i had to step over the edge and just tumble and that was when i was done i was like i don't want to do this anymore I, I don't enjoy desert let's get back to moto so uh yeah, I haven't raced desert since then. Um, I've done a GNCC, um, a mudder out in Indiana a few years ago. That one was wild. But uh, I enjoy, I guess, putting myself through uh, torture. <laughs> nice, man. I love it. Yeah, I didn't know about the, your, uh, your off-road prowess there. That's um, that's pretty yeah, that, I, That's I, pretty I, cool, I man. Yeah. Cross. I, did a, I did a full season of Enduro Cross uh, amateur class, but almost won the championship and 
I got Haker and everyone like, why aren't you running pro? You race supercross. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm five, seven and I'm not even winning amateur. Like, this is why I'm running amateur. Like, but, uh, I've done last dog standing out here, which is just an insanely hard race. I, both years I did it about halfway through, I'm yelling at myself. Why am I even doing this? Like, but, uh, like I said, I like the challenge. Mm. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. I love it. Love it. Yeah. The, um, Nah, really. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see uh, see you tackle uh, tackle Baja. Then, yeah, man. And like you said, uh, on any Sunday, man. Like, yeah, I'm a huge on any Sunday fan. Like, I, I say that I'm like a, I am a product of on any Sunday. You know, I was yeah. I was the kid riding my bicycle to rent it on VHS and watch it on repeat. You know, that was that was me. That's why I got the Malcolm Smith jersey in the background that I I just bought from his shop and. I bought a signed book there and everything. And the first place I actually went when I got to California was um, was Malcolm Smith Motorsports to look at his collection and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. So yeah, a huge, huge on any Sunday fan. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you get a chance, uh, if you got a smart TV or whatever, look up uh, Dust to Glory. The uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, the 05, but the twenty seventeen one they redid. Um, my buddy actually that I, I grew up middle school with and I lived with for years. Uh, he's under, he was riding for the warrior built foundation. He has one arm and uh, races with them in Baja. He's kind of showcased in that one as well. So like when we were, he always played it when I was at his house, but the last few months I've been just like watching every video I can, just trying to see every part of the course. I know it's always changing, but just kind of get an idea on, what we could do, how we set up the bike, where we can pit stop, how we kind of game plan. And I just, I've watched everything I can on from YouTube to documentaries to just, it's the most prep I can get. Cause I don't think we'll be able to afford to go down and pre-run. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm going to play it safe when I race. I'm not going to push over my head. I just want to finish, but uh, we're going to study as much as we can to be ready for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. That'll be a, um, that'll be a great story. Great story. Make sure you get plenty of um, plenty of vlog log footage and all that sort of thing for that. That'll be um, really cool to see, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so where oh, like day to day at a at a Supercross? Is it your fiance? So what's your fiance's name? Nicole. Nicole. Is it Nicole? Who's like she's like you're saying she's doing your goggles and that sort of thing. Is she your um, she's your right hand right hand lady at the at the race day? When, when she's here, yeah, she goes over the top. I mean, when we first started dating, she knew nothing about moto. Um, but she asked a ton of questions and was always just kind of learning and watching. And she, from day one, would grab my helmet and start cleaning it before I even asked. And uh, she's she's a blessing. She's way too good for me and, and way out of my league. And, uh, yeah, it's it's great. I got, I got extremely lucky with this one. Uh, like I said, she was out there in the mud. Um, she actually flew into San Francisco. That was the first round she came into this year. And her flight got delayed and canceled. So she spent a night in the airport. She was supposed to be in Friday at 3 p.m. She didn't end up getting in until actually Saturday at 7 p.m. And had to Uber in. And my night was over already. So she got to the track as I closed my box van door down. I hopped in, took a shower, and I said, all right, we're driving to my mom's house. And uh, 
spent the week up north and then we came to San Diego and had to do it all again. And in the mud, she's like, what do you need? What can I do? I mean, when I first, when we first started dating and I come off of qualifying and just having a bad practice and I'm mad at myself, she's the type where she's like, I'll like, I'll leave you alone. I don't want you mad at me. And I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you. Like, I, you're the only thing good about my day right now. I'm, I'm riding bad. Don't worry. Like, I know it's me. Like, but, uh, yeah, she, she'll clean the goggles. She'll be handing me food and just trying to get water in me. And, and, uh, yeah, just extremely helpful. But, uh, she only comes to a couple a year. Yeah. Um, she's at home. Someone's got to work. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so who's your mechanic like day to day? You know, um, Oh, right here. That's it. You're the, and I'm not a, you're the man. I'm not a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. So you're doing everything yourself. Yeah. 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 So after, uh, after San Fran, uh, I cleaned the bike two times during the week and it was still dirty Saturday coming into, uh, San Diego. So Friday into San Diego, I'm, I drain the oil. I do a clutch. Um, as I put the clutch in, I notice I don't have any oil. So I'm like, or I do a clutch before I drain the oil and I notice I don't have any oil to go back in. So I'm like, ah, do I, do I just put the old clutch back in or what? And I'm like, well, we'll put it together or whatever. I'll find oil. We ran up to Costco, couldn't find oil. Um, like I said, I pulled my grips off, cleaned them and put them back on and wire tied them. Like, yeah. uh, I did, I did, uh, have to run to one of the teams and buy a chain off of them. Cause I didn't have a chain. Um, I wasn't going to change it, but it was, it was locking up on me. Uh, and then, yeah, the next day I borrowed oil. The next morning I borrowed oil from another rider, did the oil change right before practice and went out and, uh, I'm, I'm surprisingly easy on my bikes. Like after, after the both mutters, I could have washed it and went out and rode again and, and not worried about it. So mm. no, uh, no overheating, no frying clutches. And, and, uh, yeah. So luckily I'm not a good mechanic, so I don't have to work on my bike very often. Do you find that because you do have to work on your own bike, that makes you a little easier on it? Get, you get a bit of me um, mechanical sympathy. I wouldn't say that, but uh, growing up without money, I knew not to hammer stuff. So yeah. I'm not one of those really panic revving stuff. I mean, my stepdad was a very good mechanic. And when I first turned pro, he's like, rev it, blow it up. I don't care. Just just be on the gas. And uh, and that's just not my riding style. I just, it never has been. And uh, when I am riding a lot, I do find myself being like, oh, I don't want to put hours on the bike. It's my only one. So that is a downfall of it. But uh, but lately we've had a 450 and a 250 thankful to a sponsor. So I've been able to just ride my 450 yeah. and not really worry about time on them. Um, but we get like JE pistons and stuff. So as long as I find someone while I'm on the road to throw in a piston every 40 hours or so, um, we can do that. I got a really good buddy at home that rebuilds all my bikes and everything for me. Uh, all my project bikes, everything I just take to him and, and he doesn't charge me. So all season long, I'm like in the pit Saturday night, grabbing the plastics, the guys throw away. Yeah. And I just bring them box 
plastics afterwards and it like means the world to them so yeah i got like a deegan uh front number plate from his last year yeah his first year i gave my mechanic like and he's just he's overly pumped about it he's like i got more i got more josh greco number plates than anyone because i don't ever have extras but when i'm done with the bikes at the end of the year he always snags one so uh yeah he's like no one else has them i have i have them all like yeah but uh but yeah i mean point being i've just i've always been easy on the bikes i mean i've been at indoor races and people are like how are you going so fast the guys behind you are panic revving and your your bike's so quiet and you're just you're going fast and i'm like well it's just how i ride just because it's loud doesn't mean it's going fast <laughs> mm. i think we can all tell you know if you even look at the the very top riders there's such different riding styles you know right and right throughout history you know there's such different riding styles like i always use the example from back like when i was a kid like um like you couldn't get two guys further apart than bob hannah and david bailey you know like the complete opposite riding styles but you know there was a you know, there was a year there, you know, like I think 83, they were the two fastest guys. And one was smooth as silk, like almost sort of Lawrence-like 20, 30, yeah. 30 years ago, David Bailey looked like what these the Lawrence boys in here. And Bob Hanna was yes. was lucky to have his feet on the pegs for most of the lap. He was flapping off with the wide open throttle and just, you know, like totally different. So, yeah, there's a lot of different. Yeah, some guys just look effortless. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jet during outdoors looked unreal it was just yeah he looked like he was playing and it was i'm glad to know he's human and he ain't just winning everything this year i mean uh yeah it's impressive what he's doing but it's boring when that's all yeah, he does that's so. right man yeah no like i i said after a1 like i um i say it a lot when when talking about jet and that it's like i'm a bad aussie because a lot of the aussies are just like i oh, gotta be behind jet no matter what yeah, i'm not like that you know like i'm i'm a fan of the sport first and foremost um i want to see good racing and I want to see good battling racing. yes yes i want to see good racing like you know it's different when when those boys put the green and gold on and line up at motocross of nations oh i'm patriotic then like i'm it's all about the aussies then but right. but when it's an ama race man i want to see a good race i don't care if it's an aussie wins or whatever i want to see a good good race and then a good result i like you know i like a good story man i I'm a storyteller and a story writer and I look at everything in that sort of through that lens, I guess. And and the story of a of Eli coming back from injury or Kenny or someone like that would be a, just an amazing storyline for the year. Um and I yeah. and I figure Jet Jet's gonna win heaps. He's got his chance. I want one of the old blokes to do it this year. So Right. Yeah, that's uh, well, think about it in two to three years, how many names are gonna be gone that are hmm championship winning names i mean all the guys around my age that are factory riders that are there's there's eight to ten guys that in two years won't be there so yeah it's gonna get a lot less depth in the field and then now with the lights class allowing you to stay in it mm. those those couple of guys like uh jordan and uh uh rj yeah. they're gonna retire in lights like they're not going to bump up without a ride in 450 mm. at least if they get a ride they'll go up but uh you're not going to get a whole lot of step up in the next like three years when each 10 of those guys hop out yeah yeah i think we're going to end up with a bit of a a bit of a gap between the 
the best and the rest. Bit bit like yeah. a bit like um a bit like Ricky Chad Stu days where they were sort of like they were the one, two, and three. They were the podium one, every two, week, no matter how they start. I think we're gonna maybe end up with a with a jet sexton deegan set up like that and then everybody else is you know there's a gap maybe maybe those three if, if deegs continues his you know his progression um but. yeah i mean if if deegan don't get a championship this year obviously he'll be on for three three mm. years on lights yeah because he'll do he'll do back to back when he can go for championships yeah, yeah. but uh, i don't think they'll push him up fast i think they'd rather just see number one plates yeah yeah so He'll wait. I mean, obviously Sexton's young. Yeah. Plessinger a couple years behind, yeah. so he has a few more years in him. Yeah. Um uh, Sensorulo could be hit or miss. Since you he is know. young, yeah. but you don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't see him being too too much longer. No, nah, neither uh, do I. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I plan to stay long enough that the four fifty class gets easier. <laughs> yeah, well that's a good plan, man. That's a good plan. Oh. And after, like, apart from apart from you know doing soupy as long as you can, and and doing Baja, is there any other like um, do you have any other like bucket list moto goals you know that you'd you'd like to to do any other? Yeah. So, uh, me and my fiance are getting married in Switzerland this year. I planned it around the same weekend as uh, the FIM Explorer E Championship. I'm trying to get invited to go race that. Um, Last year, they were racing Surons. This year, they're on full-size bikes. Um, there's a team I'm talking to. We're trying to get a wild card into that race. So that would be and, on, like, uh, Starks this year? Is that... Uh, similar, similar. Yeah. Um, so there's this one team. They're called Lizcat. They build custom e-motors into, like, Yamaha chassis or Honda chassis oh, okay. or KTM chassis. Yeah. Um, I've been talking with them. They want to see me on a bike uh i'd love to get on one of their bikes i i, I love this e-bike stuff i was fully against it until i rode one and now i'm like let me get on whatever i can i want to ride whatever i can i love this sir on it's it's my favorite toy yeah ever i was on it all day today my buddy was digging mountain bike mountain bike trails in his yard and i'm testing them on the sir on and doing big hits and i'm surprised <laughs> i haven't snapped the thing in half yet yeah yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I'm, you know, like I, I, I'm still a bit of an old school, get off my lawn sort of, sort of guy. Like, you know, clinging to me, two, yeah. clinging to me two strokes. So I struggle a bit with the, uh, with the e-bike thing. But like, only in, I only struggle when I hear th um, talk of them taking Have you over. Rode one? I haven't rode one. No, no. Uh, as soon as you ride one, you're gonna <laughs> change your mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It it's another thing to ride. Yeah. I, I don't care. I'm not a two stroke fan. I didn't grow up on yeah. the era of two strokes. The one PR came out and I went up Yeah, and like when I did Red Bull straight rhythm, I rented a two stroke and I never, I've never owned a 125 or 250 myself. Yeah. Like just, I don't really enjoy riding them. I do love the three hundreds and I would love a 500. Yeah. But I just, I want power. Like, yeah. I just like riding a dirt bike. I'm, I'm, if someone had one, I'm not going to be like, ew, a two stroke. I'm like, okay, if I have nothing else to ride, sweet, let's go ride. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the e bikes, like, my Suron is a pit bike to me, but it's still like mm. a bicycle. Yeah. I hit bicycle jumps, mountain bike trails, pit bike tracks. Um, I have an airbag. I built a ramp. I do flips on it. Like, 
it's just the ultimate pit bike for me. Yeah. Um, the Stark, I haven't got to ride one yet, but uh, Jam and I, I'm staying with right now. He went over there and rode him for like a month and raced in the arena cross over there, and and he likes the bike. And then everything else I've seen on it, I'm like. I can't wait to ride one because I've only got to ride like Surons and stuff. Yeah. And just knowing how I was when my buddy first started talking about Surons, I'm like, man, why not just get a 110? Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I rode one. I'm like, oh, I got to have one. This is great. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a dick. It's, and it's something else to ride. Yeah. I mean, where we're riding right now, there's a neighbor 50 feet away and they can't hear a thing all day. Mm. So, I like that aspect. You don't get sound ordinances it's, or anything. For that sort of thing, it is they they are super good. Super good. Like the little well, the little kids E and all that, that those, you know, little KDM E's and all that they got now. That's awesome where kids can kids can put in motos in their backyard. Like if they got, you know, yeah. a, a, that, any that sort of backyard they can put in motos in it and the neighbors don't even know what they're doing. So there's great things right. benefits to that. Yeah. Right. That and I like I like power and it's instant power. Yeah, there's so much power on it that if I can have something to go bigger than anyone, I want to or or faster and and I don't know. I'd love to ride one on a supercross track. I can't wait to finally get a chance at some point. Mm. It is different than a dirt bike. It takes getting used to that power curve and not hearing because I listen. I ride in yeah. the right gear that I could hear and yeah. I know that weird for me, but I want power. I and as a privateer, if they ever allowed it racing, I think that would help the privateer field close the gap. Because if you could get on a bike and be like basically an app on a phone that has pinpoints and you can change your power curve for the conditions you're in by a simple twist of a button mm. or a slide of a thumb. Yeah it would make it to where privateers can be competitive at least motor wise without spending thousands of dollars on motor work that only lasts a few hours. Mm. Like it would really bridge that gap and uh, make the stuff way more rideable. Like if I wanted to come out of a corner and have instant power to clear a triple, I can swipe my thumb up and change that power curve. And that's the idea I like behind it. Um, when people say, well, there's no clutch and no shifting, so obviously it's easier. As a professional, we don't think about the clutch and shifting. Like, honestly, it's probably harder because we're so used to riding you'd be, you'd be, a clutch. You'd be reaching like, for it. <laughs> you'd be, yeah, be reaching for the clutch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't believe the bike just makes it easier. I just think the bike is that competitive that it's – an, an advantage oh it's an advantage yeah like from what from everything i've re uh you know read and heard and all that like um a massive advantage especially like off starts and and you know that sort of thing like yeah. the start they get yeah. is just amazing and all that sort of thing so i think that well, the hard thing is like because they're, they're going they're they're allowing them to race in aussie nationals this year i think we're the yeah, first, first country in the world out. to do it but they're, they're limiting the horsepower at least. So they're not yeah. letting them, they're running an equivalent 450 horsepower. They just have immediate torque. Yeah. Which they get off the line. Yeah. You, you could map a 450 to be not the same, but insane power like that, but that's unrideable. So it's like, they're kind of figuring out that power curve to make it work. Right. Yeah. But, uh, 
it's just funny because when e-bikes first came out, you got all the haters saying how lame it is. And as soon as they see that it can win, they're like, well, that's unfair. It changed from being lame to now being unfair. Yeah, like, yeah, no, right. yeah I know. You, you're right. Yeah, yeah that is, that's funny. I never thought about that. So yeah, I, I'm guilt, I'd be guilty of that too, you know. But uh, but in the end, man, I always say anything anything that has two wheels is fun. Like, it doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Like, you can have fun on anything that's got two wheels, so. Yeah, man, and you even you even ride a horse. You can even ride a horse, man. I've seen you on uh, I've seen you on Instagram yeah. riding horses. So. Uh, yeah, my fiance had a couple, and uh, the first time I ever got on one was on hers, and uh, she actually asked me. She said, "Are you sure you've never ridden one before?" And I go, "No, but I'm not afraid of it. So let's make her run." Yeah, that's the yeah, uh, that's the, the guy. goal is to get good enough that I can go to these fair races, race the the Supercross fair races, and then tow the horse. And race the second day, the barrels on race, the horse, so I can make money. At race, yeah. Well, sometimes they race the race the dirt bike against the horse on the and the on the barrels. Yeah, I like. have I have got to do that at our local one on pit bikes, yeah. but I haven't got to do one money on the big bikes yet. Yeah, yeah. And from what from what I've heard of people doing it, the horses are usually win. So yeah, the horses are pretty bloody pretty quick. Yeah. If you get a good rider, yeah. yeah. If you had someone like me, I think the bike would <laughs> yeah, win. So that's right. Yeah, yeah the, the corner speed, all about the corner speed on the horse. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm not that good on the horse yet. So that's a good that's the game, man. Hey, um got a few just sort of random questions. We're we're nearly done an hour and I don't want to keep you keep you too long. Um so a few few random questions and then just a couple of fun things we do. Um, who was your childhood hero? So either either Moto, it's probably a Moto guy, or or anyone really, man. Who was your childhood hero? I I would say Pastrana over anyone. He was just amazing on everything he ever touched. Like, I mean, I was never the type that was kind of starstruck by anyone. I mean, when I went pro, I wasn't like, oh, I'm racing with these guys. I'm like, I'm one of these guys. Yeah. So. We're all humans. We all put on our pants one leg at a time. So it's, I, I, I've never been like, I, I don't superstar someone. So, yeah. um, but Pastrana's insane. Everything he does, he still is. So he's still a legend. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. That's a, yeah, uh, that's a good answer, man. Yeah. Like I, I reckon if I, I don't, I reckon you couldn't find anyone in the world that didn't like Travis. And if the, if you found someone that didn't like him, there must be something really wrong with him, hey? Huh? Yeah, like everyone. I mean, I'm sure everyone likes didn't him. Like him oh well, ago. yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I bet he, I bet he likes him now, though. You know. But, oh yeah, yeah, they actually just released a yeah. video and side by sides together this week. Yeah, it's funny. Rivals, rivals usually end up being good friends, don't they? Especially in our sport, right? You know, like oh, right. Well, usually rivals are kind of either made for a show or i mean it's just racing it's yeah. whatever it's button head i mean they and usually everyone's in. they um they push each other to to where they get to and then they mm-hmm. they have a real connection you know like um jeff warden rick johnson are ex- extremely close friends you know um and and you see now it took a while but you see like um Chad Chad's kids um riding at Stu's place, you know, like things like that. Yep. You never would have believed it, you know. Um right. It's uh it's amazing how, you know, but they can yeah, not 
that that rivals one of the only people in the world who could understand what they went through because they went through the same thing you know so it's um yeah it's a yeah uh, they have a pretty um pretty cool relationship and it's great when they do end up friends because you know the the stories you hear and that sort of thing and and like when we get Stu and um and ricky in the booth and they talk about something that happened and like it's just so cool you, you never would have believed that would happen nowadays would you yeah yeah right dude describe so i might I, you might have already sort of touched on it but what's your perfect track so you pull up to a track in the series and you're just like oh hell yeah this is like my favorite track of the year this looks awesome you know be it the obstacles on the track oh, the dirt the last two were my perfect track yeah i thought so i, I knew i was out of shape so i'm like this is my only chance yeah let's yeah. make it work I, I i live for those conditions the survival um so it's funny like indy is probably the scariest track all year long like hitting a triple full of ankle deep ruts mm. when your feet are on the foot pegs is scary like like i i, I can't explain it but i fear for my life at indy but yeah. that's one of the rounds I look forward to because it's not about speed. It's about survival and staying up. Um, that track's gnarly. Uh, St. Louis has great dirt, but ruts up like crazy. And I don't even like ruts. I just like the conditions. Yeah. Um, but honestly, my corners aren't great. Um, I get, I like to pride myself. I, I do well in whoops. Yeah. And, uh, I look for a track with big whoops. Uh, I don't like hard packs so these West Coast tracks. I don't do well at. I'm, I'm not saying I'm. Uh, I like it perfect, but with my age and now riding, I want perfect conditions. Like, like just nice tacky dirt and uh, either that or I just want it to where everyone's struggling. Like I said, mud. I yeah. just want it to downpour, be nasty because that's equipment doesn't matter then it shows what rider can do it or not and and, and experience as well man experience you know yeah. that's, that's what you can see in the mudder you see the two the, the 250 you know the young 250 riders in a mudder man they're, they're just you know yeah. they're, it's they're just, floundering. just all it's no just water. all adrenaline and just you know yeah well you can't you can't just send it because yeah. then you get lucky or you don't and yeah you usually don't and it, it, when you when you yeah, when you down down your bike in the mud up, well then you know yeah, then you then you definitely got to clean those grips like you were talking about cleaning. Hey, so yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, man, cool. Hey, um, I'll just check my list here. For, oh, just question. I'm I'm a um I'm a nerd about uh, surnames and that sort of thing. Greco is Greco Italian? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Italian, Greek, um. Honestly, I've never done the like family, uh, like blood test or anything. Yeah. And, uh, I come from a, uh, I'm going to say a messed up family for lack of better terms. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever watched the show? Uh, oh, what's it called with the Gallagher's, um, the Chicago family that are just like all living in the one house. They're super nah. like ghetto kind of. No, nah, I haven't watched that. Uh, uh, oh, I can't think of it, but I tell everyone, my family's like the Gallagher's. I don't talk to anyone, but my mom and my family. Like yeah. I'm the only one that made it through high school. I'm the only one that never did drugs. Like I'm, I'm, 
I'm the exception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. So, that's part of your story, man. That's a good thing. It's a great thing. So, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm always just always interested in surnames, and I used to look it up and that sort of thing, the origins of names and all that sort of thing. I get, I nerd out on history stuff and things like that sometimes. It's about the only thing that I nerd out on that's not to do with dirt bikes. So, cool, man. Right. Cool. I reckon um, that'll just about do is a couple of fun things, man. Give me your best Aussie accent. Oh, I don't see. I don't want to be. I don't want to say what everyone probably says. So uh, hold on. Let me think yeah, real man. quick. Uh, crikey, mate! Look at the chompers on that one. <laughs> You're not too bad. You're not too bad. Yeah, yeah. You probably middle of the road of the people I've had on. So I, I had Ke- right. I had Callum Brower last week, man, and he was fucking good. Like his was fucking legit. He probably practiced. He does know. He, no, he does. He can do accents. So I didn't know before I asked you. But yours wasn't bad, man. That wasn't too bad. And, and uh, props on the uh, yeah, it was good old Steve Irwin. Props on props on coming up with a bit of Steve Irwin as well. So yeah, he's a Aussie legend. I don't see. I don't want. I don't want to do the shrimp on the Bobby. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. Old uh, hugs, hugs. Yeah, he. Uh, and that, that's funny, man, because it, it, we always go back to that because we don't even fucking call them shrimp and we never yeah. fucking barbecue them either. So, like, it's a, it was just that it was a famous um, ad campaign um, oh. that, that, that they did. Yeah, yeah. So, because, um, yeah, we call them prawns. And, yeah. um, man, I don't, I don't reckon I've ever barbecued one. We usually just fucking, um, you know, we usually just eat them fucking cold. So, you know, you buy them. Yeah, it's a Christmas time thing here to eat. Like, I mean, cold we, prawns. We, we, we barbecue and cook them over here, so. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why it was brought up like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was made for the U.S. audience. So it's a funny thing. Same as, man, like Foster's beer. No one here drinks Foster's beer. It's fucking shit. Like, we have it, but it's not, you know, but it was, uh, people well, yeah, think, think of Foster's beer. What would you think is American beer? Um, well, Oh look! All I know is just I know when I, when I was over there a few weeks ago, like we drank um, we drank Coors, um, most I think yeah, really just Coors, and then um, I had mates buying me a heap of different like craft beers and that. I forget all the names of them, but I think the sort right. of the main one people were drinking was Coors. Um, I know I know of Budweiser. I know of um, um, PBRs, you know, I know a few of the bigger sort of names and all, that because all, all good cheap beer, just cheap. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. But like, you know, I, I thought, man, it was interesting. You know, I thought the American beer was all right. I knew that from a lot of people said like it's not quite as strong as our beer. Our beer's got a pretty strong taste, you know. Um, but um, all the ones I had, they're all pretty good. And we were at at the stadium. I was buying these Mexican beer and the yellow cans, these big fucking tall cans. It was okay. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, it was all right, you know. Like it was no, you know, it's not like oh that's my favorite thing ever, but it was a nice, easy drinking sort of beer, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah I'm the, not a yeah. type that likes the uh like dark malty I don't yeah. I don't like uh I'll drink light beers or modello or I like I like stuff with flavor. Uh um mango cart, it's a real mango flavor beer. Okay, it's really yeah. good. Pop golf, I usually get a picture of that, and yeah, then my swing get real nasty. <laughs> yeah, now, like, I um, I tried a few, and yeah, they're all pretty good. Like, I was lucky, man. Like, I, 
my friends over there really looked after me. I, I don't think I paid for a beer the whole time, and I had a couple of nights there where I had a pretty good crack at them. So, but uh, not through lack of trying. I just uh, I just kept getting handed drinks, you know. So I'm glad for the I'm glad for the Aussie mate to visit them, you know. So that was yeah, cool, we man. Yeah, we up a little bit uh Friday night before the race. Not yeah, enough yeah. to be drunk, but uh, yeah, like Arizona this year, there will be a a top golf right by the stadium, so. Yeah. I'll go out there and I'll get a pitcher and maybe a couple shots Friday night. What do you Just, get shots uh, of? Patron. What, what is that? I um. Uh, Patron is. Uh, is it tequila? I think it's tequila. I don't yeah. even know. My my fiance is a bartender and I, I I have no idea. I'm like, just yeah, give me yeah. that. Drink that. Um, yeah, and I, I had but, a few couple other different random drinks that got handed to me that i drank while i was over there and i, was, I can't remember even what they were called but uh yeah that was uh, uh, like in indiana we got some local distilleries so we get moonshine and stuff and uh i like the sweet flavors i'll put stuff in my hot chocolate and stuff and like have just really good hot chocolates yeah 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 geez, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds dangerously good, though, man. That sounds like oh, it'd be, be too be too good. You, be, I always reckon a, a alcohol that's a bit too easy to drink if it's too sweet and nice. It, it, that's what puts you on your head. Because I just I get friendlier. I'm yeah. not an angry. That's for sure. I just get friendlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do too. I, I I'm a I'm a very happy drunk. I don't actually change. I don't change that much. Sometimes people think I'm drunk when I'm not even drunk. So yeah, you know, I don't I don't, uh, I don't change too much. I just probably um, talk even more and uh, and get even happier. So yeah, cool man. Um, been great to have you on the show, dude. How I close out the show is I uh, I sing a little bit of Kenny Rogers, man. So. I always say to people if they um, if they know the words to the Gambler by Kenny Rogers, I, I reckon at your age maybe you don't, but then you never know. Kenny might be big in Indiana, so I'm not sure. So yeah, um, I'm not sure. That's all right, man. Most people don't know. It. There's a story behind it, but I won't bore you with that. So um, it's just for fun, man. I'm I'm no fucking pro singer. I just um, I just have no shame, and I uh, like to have a bit of fun. So. Right. I'll just slide into a chorus, man. And when they, when, I'll just slide into a verse. And when the chorus comes along, you might know the words and fucking jump on in if you know them. All right. So, so I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold them, know when yeah. to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the deal ends done. <laughs> That's it, man. Thank you very much, Josh Greco. Fucking good luck this weekend. I'll be cheering for you. And uh, thank you to anybody who has listened. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks, man.